Well, hello there, and welcome to another Weekend Update. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Yes, it is the weekend, and today, being Saturday, even mm-hmm. though if you hear this show on Sunday, I, I consider the whole weekend, I consider every day <laughs> Veterans Day because yes. we should honor those that have given their lives or at least served to uh, make this country a better place mm-hmm. uh, and keep our freedoms going. Although, you know, we're being we're fighting a battle from within. You know, I have a, a thing that somebody sent me here, but uh, 70 Republicans, which we knew about, mm-hmm. uh, voted uh, to give the FBI $300 million to build yeah. a new headquarters larger than the Pentagon. You yeah, know, They need something bigger. Mm-hmm. On the same day, the DOJ announces to uh, its prosecuting three men for running a D.C. brothel, our brothels uh, frequented by politicians. Is this going to be a new headquarters bill for the FBI? Yeah, it is. So, now, the, is it, so that big, beautiful building they already have, which is like maybe 50 years old, not terribly old, uh, in D.C., the one you see uh, uh, on all the movies and stuff, that'll be just uh, abandoned? Is that going to be uh, uh, discarded? How, how will that work out? Do you know? Well, they might turn it into a hotel for immigrants. I don't know. <laughs> now, that's a clever and innovative <laughs> way of uh, using government property. Um, yeah. But that's interesting. Where where are they going to put this uh, this facility? Do you know? Do they they mention? I I don't know. But, but so apparently... let's see. The FBI has been raiding um, citizens, January sixthers. Mm-hmm. They have been going after targeting January sixth protesters who were down there just exercising their their constitutional rights for the most part. Because most of the people, they won't tell you this, most of the people at that uh, protest in Washington on January 6th didn't break into the building, didn't cause right. problem. They just stood on the lawn looking. But they're going after everybody. As a matter of fact, you know, there's a guy, Bill, in New Jersey right now. He's a, a retired veteran. He Speaking of veteran, he was some, I've heard it said that he's a, uh, a retired captain, I've heard another person say he was a retired sergeant. Either way, he was a retired veteran who did, you know, gave his all for uh, for the country. And so they decided the FBI did to after two and a half years, they decided to go pick him up because he was at the protest. Apparently, yeah. they said, and I don't know how true this is. I'm just telling you what the FBI said is that he. Uh, sprayed or oh no, he threw some a canister or something of tear gas back at the police. He picked it up and threw it back at the police. They had thrown it at the crowd, I think is how it went, and he threw it back at the police. And because of that action, they decided after two and a half years to go pick him up. When they went to his house, he was gone. So now in New Jersey, they have this big manhunt going on. They're trying to get this guy. They're treating him like he's a a murderer. They had news helicopters from Philadelphia flying around. You would have thought this guy had uh, been a sniper, and they were they were surrounding him. Right? This is a guy who was at the protest, and it's two and a half years later, and the FBI has guys in full gear searching the woods for this guy. So they're spending their time going after citizens who protested uh, what they thought was an unjust an unjust uh, election, and they're rewarding him by, by giving them a new facility worth how much money, Bill? $300 million. got to wonder, did the FBI just blackmail the members of Congress with sex crimes? 
Hey, you know what? We need this new building. Oh, by the way, we know about the brothel thing. We've used it, too. It's, it's quite nice, but we're going to have to go lock some people up. Oh, I don't want this known. You know, if, if, look, ladies, if you're married to a congressman and they voted for that, he just signed the papers to give you a brand new house, a brand new car, walk away, get out of his jail for free. Because why did he do that? Why? And like you just pointed out, the building that the FBI has, what, maybe 45, 50 years old? Right. Um, come on. I mean, if, if we're going to use that analogy, well, it's, uh, it's 50 years old. Then I guess we got to tear the Capitol down. It, it stinks right now with what's in there anyway. So maybe we should. I, I don't know. This is, it, it's crazy. Steve Bannon was talking about uh, that manhunt in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And about rewarding the FBI. Listen, Uh, tell me first about the manhunt. When they show those helicopters up there, I want to understand what MSNBC and CNN are showing. That's to intimidate you, the audience. That's to intimidate you. If you're a MAGA supporter, if you're a Trump supporter, one day that camera's going to be on you where we we chase you down like a rat, okay, with the FBI tactical team. Hoft, what's going on there, brother? Yeah, absolutely, Steve. And uh, you you have to know, too, that these news channels were tipped off before the raid. They were there when the FBI was initially um, raiding the house. Heavily armed FBI SWAT teams are raiding this man's home. He's a a retired um, Army captain for the National Guard. He he retired last year, um, had an honorable discharge. Um, It's two and a half years since January 6th. He was outside of the Capitol. He sprayed some uh, pepper spray. It's not clear if anyone was hurt when he sprayed it, but he sprayed it towards the cops. So this is how they treat the man, Uh, an honorably discharged army captain. They're chasing him through the woods. They're hunting him like a dog. Um, And they've been doing it now. It's going on 24 hours. So uh, the, the latest. What a better way. That- hang on, hang on. Oh, 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 let's, let, let's, let's, what a better way to celebrate Veterans Day. Let's hunt down veterans. They have still a thousand they haven't done yet. They brag. They're, they're, they're proud of the fact. They're proud of the fact that they're hunting down all the, the, the so much damage done on J6. They're proud of the fact. Absolutely. I think we're going hey, Ray, Ray and Garland and all of you. You're, you're selling out the country, and the criminal charges we're going to bring on you is going to be mind-boggling. So get ready for it, because we're coming back to power, and you ain't going to like it on the second term. going to be no uh, no mercy, the no mercy rule. Steve Bannon with Jim Hoft. Jim Hoft is the uh, guy who is the uh, head and, uh, I guess, founder of Gateway Pundit, which is a very successful um website, uh, news website, conservative news website, honest mm-hmm. news website. Um, but anyway, what Steve Bannon said is true. We, you know, they are hunting veterans down like dogs. They're, they're hunting yeah, they veterans down like dogs. And, and uh, we're rewarding them, Bill, with a brand new building. Those 70 Republicans, were they 70 Republicans that went along with this? 70. Now, I don't have the names. And, you know, there's probably women on that, too. But, you know, what do they have on them to vote for this? Because they don't need that building. But, yeah, we're giving it away willy-nilly. And it just is a coincidence that the DOJ, uh, I mean, Joe's extra arm that uh, is the Gestapo arm of his administration, goes, oh, yeah, well, we're getting sex offenders. 
Boy, there's a big, bold statement. You know, Joe going after sex offenders. You know, yeah. come on. Well, I got to tell you, I, I spent yesterday uh, watching a movie that I've been looking forward to, uh, Sound of Freedom. And right. I was thinking, you know, it should be mandatory viewing for every American to see this movie. Uh, somebody should, if I were running for an, for office, I would have screenings, free screenings of this movie. I would pay for free screenings of this movie. I would rent movie theaters around the country, and I would invite anybody who can come in, fill the place up, and show this. Or I would work some kind of a deal where, uh, for one day, maybe uh, anybody who wants to can download the stream and watch it on their own TV, you know, pay for the rights I, it's it's a commercial enterprise, but they should see this because, yeah. uh, Bill, it's 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 uh, it's mind boggling. I think you told me this, and they backed it up in the movie that we're one of the biggest clients of of child sex traffickers. We are the biggest. The truth is, we're the biggest, and I know that for a fact. See, that is so sinful and if you saw what they do and how they get these little children and and how they well, abuse them and and the you know I look at the guys who are doing this and I think are, are these actually human beings like I am I, I mean yeah. do they do they have the same feelings that I have to be able to pick up a child and then to do what they do to a child uh is just it's mind-boggling. I don't understand it. Well, let's tie some threads together here, all right? Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, we're talking about that. We're talking about sex trafficking. We're talking about the voting Congress and everything like that. And I'm sitting there going, you know, we had all those kids that were bussed away, you know, to God knows where and what yeah. they were used for. And, you know, then I go back to the sex trafficking story and, you know, what is going on? And, and I just found a list of all the Congress people that voted. And there are women on there, like Ashley Henson from Iowa. Uh, let's see who else. Uh, but either way, it's a litany of people. Uh, you know, that goes on. Diane Flood from Nebraska. Uh, these are Republicans that did it yeah. too. And now, yeah. that, but that means for that to pass, the Democrats had to go along with it wholeheartedly too. So I'd like to see that. Well, they Democratic vote. They list. vote for. Usually, they vote in lockstep. The Democrats, I mean, they just... So everybody that voted for this, and if it's tied to the sex trafficking, get them the hell out of here, out of there. And if they were stupid to not know what they were voting for, get them the hell out of there. You know, because this is bad. Mike Kelly from Pennsylvania. So um, you've got well, a he's bunch up, I think of... he's up in Erie County, in that area. He's he's Western PA, but he's not Pittsburgh. I think he's north of, uh, of Pittsburgh, Kelly, I, I believe. Mercer Daniel, County, uh, stuff what, like that. What, Daniel Muser? Not familiar. Not familiar. Yeah, I don't know who he is. Well, you know, no. but the list is, you know, 70 people. It's incredible. I'm just sitting there going, there's there's probably some threads that tie is, together there, here from there, all of this. Is there Massey? Is Thomas Massey of uh, Kentucky well, on these, the list? These are not in alphabetical oh, okay. order, but I will tell you uh, while we're talking, I will... Uh, Massey, it, it, Massey seemed like a strong conservative for the for the longest time, and then in recent votes that are like this, he's been a major disappointment. He's voted for things that make you go, "What's he doing?" I thought he was a conservative. I actually, I just went through the list. I do not see his name on there. There is not a Massey. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it is in alphabetical order by the last name, but they have the first names first, and that yeah. throws me off in this. But no, he's he's not on that list, and good for him. Yeah. But, uh, speaking of people from West Virginia mm-hmm. and uh, Senator Manchin, and uh, remember the thing I floated yesterday saying, yeah, watch, watch, uh, watch uh, him and uh, Romney mm-hmm. be the pair. Yeah. There's now a group that's filed to uh, to uh, go and do the research and explore the possibility of those two being on the ticket together. Oh, I think the odds of them uh, winning the uh, nomination are slim and none. They want to run as independents. Good. So you know that. Yeah, you know. Go ahead because who are they going to steal from? Are they? They're not going to steal from. They're not going to steal from Trump. No, no. They're going to help them. Yeah. Uh. So yeah. You know what? I'd say no, no. They're not going to be spoilers. They got a. They got a good shot. Shot in hell. You know, it's going to be a cold day in hell, but uh, they got a shot and uh, go for it. No, uh, I think they'll just they'll dilute the uh, Democratic vote. And uh, make it even. But see, the the other part of me, and I I truly believe this to be the problem. I think Trump, if it were honest to God, fair, he will win because I think it was, I think he won in twenty twenty, and it wasn't fair. And I think the same thing is going to happen in twenty twenty four. I don't oh, think I believe fi- that too. they haven't fixed the system. Unless, no, they haven't. Yeah, unless there's the- something, Bill, that I don't know. Yeah, and, and Bill, that's a possibility. Here's what I do know. I don't think Trump is a stupid man. I don't think the people who are with him uh, day-to-day are stupid people. So they may know something. They may have a plan in place that's going to rectify the steel issue that I don't know They're going to have to find a new way to keep people motivated because, like Steve Bannon just sat there and uh, said, you know, we're coming and we're coming back and we're going to be prosecuting everybody. That's a signal that maybe he knows something yeah. that nobody else knows. And the Democrats hear those signals, too, and they've got their war machine going right now to steal it in 2024. Don't think they don't. Yep. They've got it full gear and they know what they got to do. And they're going, OK, what does he know that we don't know? And, and they will infiltrate and find out and find a way to tear it down. Their biggest problem is Trump, because without Trump. The Republicans have no party, no more, yeah. you know, and the independents, uh, God bless them. You know, I mean, uh, see, I, I also think that we've talked about this, too. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but uh, uh, there's also the possibility they're going to go after Trump physically. You know, if, if, if all well, if everything else doesn't work and they're only left with one option, I don't think they'll I don't think that will stop them at all. I think they'll go after that one option. They'll try to take him out physically. I hope he has the best protection of uh, any candidate out there. I hope he has a strong uh, personal bodyguard staff that just, besides besides the Secret Service, I hope he has additional people who are protecting him too. Well, yeah, I would hope he does too, but uh, I don't know. And, you know, they know a way to get around that stuff, and they try to dance around the law, and they use the court of public opinion to to – impose law and change law, for instance, gun control and violence. And that's the latest thing on Trump. You know, they, they've done auctions and things to raise money and fundraise. You know, one of the things that uh, Mar-a-Lago auctioned off was a Trump gun. It was a, a Glock 45 that, I don't know if you've seen those, but there was a limited edition while he was president, number 45, and they were numbered. And I believe out of each one for each state, they did 50 of them. 
And that was it. Like, I have a rifle, you know, a Ruger rifle that uh, is beautifully engraved. And every, I mean, this thing is beautiful. And I have that. It's a collector uh, piece. I would never go and take it out and fire it. So they had this up for auction. The headline today is exclusive. Trump gun auctioned off at Mar-a-Lago in likely, likely violation of indictment release. Well, let me tell you something. It is unconstitutional, and I Googled it several times. Even the liberal side says, no, you can't do that. I'm holding this paper up for you to see, and it's blocking out because of the screen in the background. But either way, no, you can't do it. As a matter of fact, unless you're a felon, a convicted felon, you can't own a gun. But they didn't say, A, he owned it. You can buy and sell guns, and obviously if you auction a gun off, there are gun auctions online. You have then to, you got to really, prove you have the right to... You have to remember, seriously, and people forget this, a lot of these people who make these comments in the media are these little dweeb reporters who will jump to a, a conclusion because they don't like Trump, and they will make a story out of it. Oh, maybe he broke a law, he violated a gun You know, hey, you know, cool your jets, all right? The fact of the matter is Trump's got it handled, and you're a dweeb. Okay, that's how that's how it works, you know, and and the media, by the way, having been in the media for years, uh, even when I even when I worked in the media, some of the news people were dweebs. Okay, I mean, that's just how they were. They they were dweebs and they were always jumping to conclusions. And many of their conclusions were ridiculous even back then. Not all of them. I work with some giants, too. So I got to make that point clear because I I have some friends of mine who are former news people who listen to the program. And you, I know one of them. Yeah, and you, sir, that news person out there listening right now, you were a giant. But uh, the fact of the matter is, you know, you know what I'm talking about. There are some doofuses uh, in, uh, in news. And Did you just this- call a he, a, a she, a he? No, yes, I'm no, no, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even going to get more specific than what I just said because I don't need the grief. But the fact, you, that, my friend, the the fact of the matter is, uh, uh, there are a ton of bad reporters in the media right now. But you know, they get their face in front of the camera. They can comb their hair really nice. They have a nice look on television, but they have the brains of a marble. All right. Or a P, and, and that's the problem we have. Uh, they are definitely partisans, and you know, I I look at this guy Joe Scarborough over on MSNBC. He for the longest time, you know, talk about a wolf in sheep's clothing. He walked around telling everybody he was a conservative Republican for years. There was a time when he had a show on Fox, and he talked about being a conservative, and, and people just oh, Joe Scarborough. Well, he's one of us now. Joe Scarborough is a Joe Scarborough is a uh, opportunist. Joe Scarborough, uh, he goes where the money is. If you throw bags of money at him and you're a liberal, he'll be a liberal too because that's how Joe Scarborough works. So he's a smiling face for a hire. Yeah. You never, have, never trust the smiling you know, faces. He, he have hair, have mouth, will travel. You know, I, I, he will, I'll, you want to throw bags and satchels of money at me, large amounts of money? then I'll say whatever you want me to say. I'll be on your side. No problem. Because I have no ethics, no morals, no convictions. You know, I mean, I'm just, That's how Joe Scarborough well, is. Well, he doesn't care if he muddies up the plate because guess what? 
you know, by the time it all sinks in and, and all hell breaks loose, he's going to be retired now to here, and he will have lived in the life of Riley and a nice life, so he doesn't care. No, he doesn't care. You know, he, people don't realize this. He used to kiss Trump's dupa. Dupa's Polish. You know what I'm talking about. He used to kiss Trump's, Trump's Posteria, gluteus, yeah. gluteus Maximus. He used to he used to want to be at parties where Trump was at and hang around Trump and Trump kind of knew what this guy was all all about from the get go. You know, Trump is a a pretty astute uh, judge of character and and uh, a people. And uh, right. although although I got to tell you, when he was staffing his first administration, he did defer to a lot of his trusted uh, allies, and some of those deferrals were big mistakes. You know, Bill Barr, big mistake. Ass, yeah. You know, I mean, they, they are, but, you know, he had to fill 2,000 slots. And I guarantee you this, in the new administration, he'll go in there in every single slot, right? It's probably already filled up. He probably has names right now. He's had four years to work on this. He's probably got all those slots filled up with trusted allies who will do the job correctly and not be stabbing him in the back like some How of the people bet? were. How do you bet 2,000 people, though? I mean, there's there's a percentage factor, you know? Yeah, I, I, I don't I – don't, that's a good question. I think uh, you, you need time, and he's had time. And, and, and then you have to go, for example, if – Let's say he has to fill up uh, positions in um, the Department of Labor, all right? Mm-hmm. So you, what you do is you pick the top people first. You, p- you pick trusted people at the top and let them find the other people below them. You know what I'm saying? But you, everybody has a wound, a sore spot that you can put your thumb on, a good prosecuting attorney, uh, and I'm not saying it's the right thing to do, but they want to guarantee they got to win, even if they're wrong to win. And they go after the money, which is what they're doing with Trump. They're going after the money. Now they want to go after his campaign contributions, saying that he's doing illegal fundraising. They're doing everything. He's just he's a bad guy because he's not on their side. Prosecuting attorney when they go after like women that are prosecuted, they will sit there. The first thing they do is they sit there and they they use the tactic of their children. Well, we've got this and this and this and this on you. Now, we can make it easy on you or your kids won't see you or you won't see the light of day until they're grown and they hate you and they've got lives of their own. That's a tactic that they use. Oh, I know. Is they it, use that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It, is it fair? Is it right? But what everybody's got something, and at what point does somebody bend? And that's where we have a problem, you know, in D.C. They got... The dirty bag well, of laundry. On well, everybody. look look at these. Um, uh, look at uh, Sidney Powell and Jenna Ellis. These mm-hmm. were lawyers for Trump right after right. the 2020 election. And they were charged by that uh, weasel down in Georgia. And they, they dumped a lot of charges on those two women. And they worked a deal out where they had to apologize. Remember, they had to apologize to the state of Georgia. And they had to do this. And do a mea culpa, you know, I'm heartily sorry. And, and the fact of the matter is, uh, they did, they, they literally did what you were just saying. They threatened jail time, you know, to, to these young women for doing their job. They were attorneys. 
And and here's the thing. I don't think either of them were, were rich. So I, I think mm-hmm. they knew that if they were to pursue this, it was going to cost them hundreds of thousands of dollars, and they don't have it. You know, so well, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And let's let's be honest about life. You only get one shot at life. Is there a hereafter? Do you get to come back again and I again and again? So. I, well, I believe well, it's a hereafter. I don't know they're coming hereafter. back again. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, you know, you have you have a privilege and, and, and an opportunity in this lifetime. And that's what they dangle that thread of we're going to take that away from you. And it's gone. Well, and you know, when I saw uh, Jenna Ellis, and I, I, the, the young woman was crying when, when she was making a statement after she agreed to this, and she was saying something like, I shouldn't have gone so enthusiastically. I saw her sitting side by side with Rudy Giuliani uh, defending Trump in different areas around the country. All she was doing was doing the job of an attorney. Right. You know? All she was doing was, be, was being a lawyer. And, it, and they they put so much pressure on her in Georgia. To, you know, they threatened her with so much, you know, I'm sure they threatened disbarment. They probably threatened uh, her going to jail for 10 years. All these things that just were unconstitutional and wrong. And by the way, I think if Trump gets back into office, you will see those people in Georgia who have done this evil, you know, against good people, you see them. You'll see them get arrested. I think there's going to be there's going to be mass arrests. Now, you may not agree with that. I think there will be. I think if he gets back into office, he there's no running for re-election after that. Trump is done after this next term in office, yeah, and, and they I know that. So I don't think he gives a darn what people think about him because he ain't running again. I think he's going to yeah. start doing the uh, business of government. In, in leadership, if I were one of the foul people down in Georgia, going, you know, everybody's got a hail mary, and that my hail mary, and if Trump, if I were them, when Trump got back in, saying, you know what, let's uh, let's go ahead and pull away from the union, and uh, we will become our own, you know, we will become our own, not state, but uh, not going to happen. I mean, they tried that once in 1861, and you see what happened. Uh, well, that's what I'm yeah. saying. We, you know. Whether it's now, before the election, or right after the election, something's going to break well, loose because it's got to. Something just broke loose, uh, I think, yesterday in Georgia. Uh, and I, I don't have, I think, the article in front of me. But, uh, oh, I know what it was. Uh, there were two lawyers who were working with, I want to say, the state of uh, Georgia uh, going after Trump. And those two lawyers decided to step away from the case. These were two lawyers who were working on the prosecution for the state, going after Trump. And suddenly, out of nowhere, uh, they decided, uh, we're getting out of here. This is not good. And they stepped away. I'm, I'm, tr- I'm looking right now to see whether I have uh, the story in front of me, but um, no, it's all old stories here that are uh, when you when you type in. Yeah, the uh, this is um, the. Oh, I wish I had it in front of me. I'll, I'll. I'm sure I'll find it as soon as the program is is finished. Oh, of course, that's the way it always goes. Y- yeah, but, you know, you can Google it and look it up. And it, uh, it did happen, and I, I will. I promise you, I will uh, talk about it on Monday if I can't find it before the show ends. But uh, these people, uh, they may know something. 
these two lawyers are down in Georgia, it may have occurred to them that, wait a second, uh, we're on the wrong side here, and if we continue to pursue this, we're going to get... Uh, we're going to get ourselves in some some deep deep trouble. I can't well, I can't find it, but uh, you know Matt uh, Matt Gates in uh, Congress uh, was uh, showing footage, and well, we heard the stories before, but uh, the simple fact is showing the footage that um, January sixth was, according to Nancy and uh, and the crew, it was it was a setup. It was not a uh, there was no insurrection there, and there were you know we've all heard the stories about the FBI plants. And you have them saying, "Well, we can't, uh, we can't testify as to who was there and why they were there." In other words, yeah, we had people in there to well, disrupt. I mean, and th- think about how they they framed it. You know, talk about working hand in hand with uh, the media, working hand in hand with uh, the Democrats. Uh, mm. Think of how they they promoted it. They called it the worst, the worst thing to happen to our country since nine eleven. Possibly worse than 9-11. I'm thinking to myself, wait a second. 9-11, we lost 3,000 people dead. We had two major buildings in New York City collapse into the street. Three, actually, if you can count Building 7 wow. a little later on. You, you had you had people die in, in uh, Somerset, Pennsylvania. You had people crash into the Pentagon and destroy uh, a, a fifth of the wing of the building and kill Tons of people. Right. Now, let me ask you, what would you say, in your opinion, is the worst that has happened to the United States? The worst thing to happen to the United States uh, since it's been a country? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. What, what, well, what the Civil would you War. Say the Civil War? Okay. It was, uh, Pearl it was Harbor. America, uh, the... Amer- well, it was Americans fighting Americans. That's, yeah. That's the worst. Well, yeah, you've got that. You've got Pearl Harbor. You got uh, you know the the towers coming down. Yeah, then you have World War One, World War Two. You know which, well, which we lost hundreds of thousands of people. I am not Nostradamus, but I will tell you this: mm-hmm. my opinion, the worst is yet to come, and we will probably see it in our lifetime. God forbid, you know, you say that, Bill, and uh, you can't I, disagree with it. Uh, no, I can't. I can't. We are right now. Slow walking into World War III. I mean, I say slow walking. I hope it's slow enough so that we have an election before we're actually there. Because I think Trump can't stop it. But uh, because I think Trump is level-headed, he doesn't need the well, money. He will. He will try to stop it, and he may believe that he can stop it. But there's time that is running out. And you know, I I think that the Dems have that in their cards too. Oh hell, we're going to go to war. You know what? Let Trump slide in. We'll blame it on him because he is their scapegoat. And, it, you know, it doesn't have to be Trump. You know, it's any Republican by name that, you know, has a chance, you know, it's their fault. You know, people are wondering, what, what's the story with the Middle East? What's really going on with the Middle East? I mean, we hear a lot of things about uh, who's right, who's wrong, whose mm-hmm. land is it, Uh Dennis Prager put together a five-minute, it's a video, but you don't need to see the video because it's just slides and stuff like that. All you have to do is hear him describe the real situation, and you'll have an understanding of what's happening right now, where we are right now, and how we got there. Dennis Prager. When I did my graduate studies at the Middle East Institute at Columbia University's School of International Affairs, 
I took many courses on the question of the Middle East conflict. Semester after semester, we studied the Middle East conflict as if it was the most complex conflict in the world, when in fact, it is probably the easiest conflict in the world to explain. It may be the hardest to solve, but it is the easiest to explain. In a nutshell, it's this. One side wants the other side dead. Israel wants to exist as a Jewish state and to live in peace. Israel also recognizes the right of Palestinians to have their own state and to live in peace. The problem, however, is that most Palestinians and many other Muslims and Arabs do not recognize the right of the Jewish state of Israel to exist. This has been true since 1947, when the United Nations voted to divide the land called Palestine into a Jewish state and an Arab state. The Jews accepted the United Nations partition, but no Arab or any other Muslim country accepted it. When British rule ended on May 15, 1948, the armies of all the neighboring Arab states, Lebanon, Syria, Iraq, Transjordan, and Egypt, attacked the one-day-old state of Israel in order to destroy it. But to the world's surprise, the little Jewish state survived. Then it happened again. In 1967, the dictator of Egypt, Gamal Abdel Nasser, announced his plan, in his words, to destroy Israel. He placed Egyptian troops on Israel's border, and armies of surrounding Arab countries were also mobilized to attack. However, Israel preemptively attacked Egypt and Syria. Israel did not attack Jordan and begged Jordan's king not to join the war, but he did. And only because of that did Israel take control of Jordanian land, specifically the West Bank of the Jordan River. Shortly after the war, the Arab states went to Khartoum, Sudan, and announced their famous three no's. No recognition, no peace, and no negotiations. What was Israel supposed to do? Well, one thing Israel did a little more than a decade later in 1978 was to give the entire Sinai Peninsula an area of land bigger than Israel itself and with oil back to Egypt because Egypt, under new leadership, signed a peace agreement with Israel. So Israel gave land for the promise of peace with Egypt and it has always been willing to do the same thing with the Palestinians. All the Palestinians have ever had to do is recognize Israel as a Jewish state and promise to live in peace with it. But when Israel has proposed trading land for peace, as it did in 2000, when it agreed to give the Palestinians a sovereign state in more than 95% of the West Bank and all of Gaza, the Palestinian leadership rejected the offer and instead responded by sending waves of suicide terrorists into Israel. Meanwhile, Palestinian radio, television, and school curricula remain filled with glorification of terrorists, demonization of Jews, and the daily repeated message that Israel should cease to exist. So it's not hard to explain the Middle East dispute. One side wants the other dead. The motto of Hamas, the Palestinian rulers of Gaza is, we love death as much as the Jews love life. There are 22 Arab states in the world, stretching from the Atlantic Ocean to the Indian Ocean. There is one Jewish state in the world, and it is about the size of New Jersey. In fact, tiny El Salvador 
is larger than Israel. Finally, think about these two questions. If tomorrow Israel laid down its arms and announced, we will fight no more, what would happen? And if the Arab countries around Israel laid down their arms and announced, we will fight no more, what would happen? In the first case, there would be an immediate destruction of the state of Israel and mass murder of its Jewish population. In the second case, there would be peace the next day. As I said at the outset, it is a simple problem to describe. One side wants the other dead. And if it didn't, there would be peace. Please remember this. There has never been a state in the geographic area known as Palestine that was not Jewish. Israel is the third Jewish state to exist in that area. There was never an Arab state, never a Palestinian state, never a Muslim or any other state. That's the issue. Why can't the one Jewish state the size of El Salvador be allowed to exist? That is the Middle East problem. I'm Dennis Prager. That is probably the best summation of what's going on right now you'll hear. Uh, yeah, he's a, no, it's dead on. Yeah, he's a yeah, smart I didn't mean guy. To say that, you know, I didn't mean to say dead on, but it is. It's dead on the nail. So, Yep. Um, also, I think uh, people don't realize, you know, they don't realize there was never a Palestinian country that was Arab. Well, see, now that's Ever. interesting because, you know, when you sit there, you, you go, you, you look on Facebook, you look on uh, X and uh, Twitter even, you know, it's become a, a vocal point of different things. You know, there, there are people there trying to, or AI voices explaining how the Palestinian state and this and that, and it's like, no, wait a minute, that never was. And then they sit there and they, they take their religion and say, well, this was the first religion. And it's like, wait a minute. You're rewriting history and what is known that has been fact all along, and now you're telling us, well, no, that's not the way it transpired, even though there are scrolls and history and, and carvings and everything that prove otherwise. Nah, we have, not what uh, you think. We have one other piece I want you to hear. It's, right. a, it's a little long, but I, I, it's, a, it's our Saturday update program, and we can do stuff like this, but it's worth listening well, to. We can do whatever to. we want. That's true. I know the owners of this thing, don't you? Yeah. No, I don't. I've been trying to find it because I want to raise. <laughs> but uh, uh, you, Piers Morgan is—he uh, seems like a nice enough guy. Uh, he's does a talk show on uh, a, a network, I think it's Sky Network in Great Britain, and uh, he's quite popular over in England. Uh, and he, he makes a lot of guest appearances on the sister network of Sky over here in the U.S., which is Fox. He's always a guest on The Five and stuff like that, and everybody knows Piers Morgan because, like I said, he's an affable guy, but he's he's a, a liberal. I mean, he's not— uh, And he lets that light shine pretty bright, He's too, not, you know? in my opinion, he's not uh, uh, a church-going liberal, meaning that, you know, he, he drinks the, the Kool-Aid all the time, but he, for the most part— leans left and he was talking to uh, Douglas Morey who, who is a combat reporter who was literally when he was doing the conversation Morey was on the front lines of, of Gaza and he was 
you can hear the missile. At one point in the interview, he'll say, hold it, incoming, incoming, and then you'll hear rustling mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then after a couple of seconds, he comes back to the microphone. He, he gathers himself, and, of course, Pierce is saying from the comfort of his studio, uh, are you okay, Douglas? Is there anything we can do for you? You know, uh, take all the time you need. I mean, he's, he was being very polite, and de- he was deferring to him. But uh, Murray picked up where he left off, and he kind of put uh, Piers Morgan in his place. Listen. What concerns me about what Israel is doing is not their efforts to get rid of Hamas, but because of the particular nature of Hamas embedding themselves among civilian populations with the masses amounts of civilian casualties that will inevitably come, and that figure will grow and grow and grow. Are we not, as Barack Obama warned, are we not creating here uh, just an, an opportunity for far greater radicalization of all those young Palestinians who watched their loved ones get killed why would we imagine that at the end of all this, they're going to want to do anything other than to become a new version of Hamas in wanting to exact revenge well, for what happened to their families? Well, two things. One is, if you just follow the logic of what Barack Obama said, then you just shouldn't do anything uh, if you're Israel. You should be attacked and just sit back and say, great, we'll wait for the next one. Um, But the second and more important thing is, your question supposes that there is a sort of peaceful Palestinian population in the Gaza who would love a two-state solution and then a few bad apples in Hamas. I think that's not true. Why is it that when uh, one of the victims of the music festival, uh, a poor young German-Jewish guy, uh, who it seems was was raped and then uh, brutally uh, murdered and taken into the Gaza naked. Why was it that you can find, and anyone can find this online, uh, a crowd of ordinary Gazans, it wasn't a Hamas, it wasn't a Hamas rally, ordinary Gazans uh, uh, spitting on her body, uh, hitting her body, mutilating her body further as it went down the street. Does that strike you, Piers, as a uh, placid population of peacenik types who are just desperately waiting for a two-state solution to be put back on the table for the millionth time in the last 70-something years. It doesn't seem like that to me. No, but there are over two million people in Gaza, and there weren't two million people in that video clip. There were a few hundred. So I, I don't like to make... Yeah, well, a few hundred at random. A few hundred at random. And did you see anyone in it saying, hey, guys, stop, we're not meant to mutilate the bodies of, uh, of girls or rape them in public? No, I didn't see that. But, but then what you're really articulating, correct me if I'm wrong here, but isn't what you're articulating really an endorsement of collective punishment where you assume they're all guilty no and if they don't stand up to her mass they're also guilty well, and, and that's where people have a problem i think well, with the moral line here which is no if you i'm hold, assuming if I'm you assuming. hold all the gazans equally responsible then is that not collective punishment which is illegal well, first, first of all first of all um uh, there are there is some responsibility for people in the gaza um if you elect elect hamas and uh, and they kill uh, fatah and then they remain in power for all of the years afterwards um i'm afraid that there is some uh, responsibility of the people in that situation you know when the germans uh, um, had adolf hitler come to power and voted for him uh, we in britain took the view that the german people were responsible in some way so i'm not for collective 
with punishment per se, but nor am I for this idea that there is something unique going on in the Israeli-Gaza context that we in Britain couldn't understand. Actually, there is one we unique Britain, thing. In our own history, there is, there is very one similar things. But there is one unique thing, which is that the population of Gaza is pretty unique in that nearly half of the population are children. That is a unique situation. No, I'll tell you what's unique about the population of Gaza. It's the only population in the world where people routinely claim the Israelis are committing genocide, but which has a population boom all of the time. I mean, th that strikes me as being quite an interesting thing about the Gaza. Um, but as for, as for the moral currency, I want to make a very, very important point, if I can say so on this, which is, you know, people quite often abuse history, and they say things all the time. I mean, about the only thing anyone from history knows is about the Nazis. Here's something I can tell you with absolute certainty, uh, Piers, having not just seen some of the results of what Hamas did on the ground here in Israel a few weeks ago, but having watched the videos of the unedited footage, uh, which I was one of the journalists um, who was sadly allowed to see the other day. I can tell you one thing. The comparison between Hamas and the Nazis is insufficient. And I... Sorry, there's an incoming... Uh, incoming. Get safe, Douglas. Come, come, come. Oh. Okay, anyhow, we're okay. Are you okay? Um, let's, let's just, yeah, 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 it's fine. Sorry, it was, it, was a, it was a rocket coming, looked like it was just going to land on us here. Which, which way was that rocket coming okay. from? Was it coming from Gaza or from Israel? Yes, it seemed to be coming from Gaza, so. Yeah, it's fine. It's okay, it's been happening all day. Um, let me just I mean, finish just, this point just, just Before we go on, um, Douglas, Atman, how does, that make sure. you, how does that make you feel? What just happened there? I mean, it's, uh, I'm, I'm a little used to it. I was in Ukraine last year and was in Kherson and uh, uh, Odessa and uh, Mikhailayev and when the Russians were shelling it, so I'm a little used to it. Um, uh, but just, if I can just finish this point, you know, this, so there's a lot of banging going on, but anyway, we'll keep going. Um, well, look, if you the, need to, if you need to stop, Douglas, stretch, we understand. The, no, no, don't worry. If we need to stop, I'll, I'll, I'll run to the shelter, I assure you. Um, the, the thing that struck, struck me, you know, Piers, about seeing the 7th of October footage was that um, uh, even the Nazis were actually ashamed of what they did. You know, SS battalions who spent their days shooting Jews in the back of the head and pushing them into, tr uh, into trenches had to get very, very drunk in the evening to uh, uh, forget what they had done. Uh, Nazi high command famously had to sort of get around the problem of soldier morale because the soldiers knew this wasn't exactly what their lives were meant to look like either. I tell you one very big difference. If you look at the footage, the raw footage, and I really hope people don't on a wider scale have to view what I viewed the other day. Um, if they see it, they will see something that is at least as barbaric as what the Nazis did. But here's the difference. They did it with glee. They were deeply proud. You see people um, uh, trying to, you know, taking the head off a young Israeli man with a shovel and then uh, calling their parents back in Gaza and telling them, Father, Father, I've killed two Jews, with my, t ten Jews with my own hands. Get mother on the phone. I want to show, tell her how great a job her son has done. You know, I, I come back to this thing. I'm not exaggerating with this. It's very, very interesting and people need to realize. You had this situation with, uh, with the Nazis where they also were a genocidal anti-Semitic organization, but they tried to cover their crimes up. 
Hamas are actually proud of them, mm. and they've said they will do them until the whole world is clear, clear of Jews. Yeah. So. I suggest we take that seriously, and I think that Israel is taking it seriously. I hope they continue to take it seriously, but I think the world should take it seriously, and that includes Britain. And when I hear British journalists, British commentators, and British politicians lecturing the Israelis on what they should do, I think, I'm sorry, this shows a failing in our country. It shows that we in Britain cannot enforce our laws. We don't even enforce our borders in Britain. It's us that is the weak link in the international security chain on this, not Israel. Wow. Douglas Murray, uh, combat reporter, yeah. uh, uh, he nails him. <laughs> he, he nails him. Well, it, it brings up a thought I've always had because, and with the Prager audio too, you know, it's two sides that want to sit there and kill each other. Now, you, you could say the Jewish people, would they were happy to reside in their own, their own land, and right, rightfully so. But people want to rewrite that it's not their land, and that's not the case. It is, and it's their right. There's never been a Palestinian government or state or, you know, anything. But either way, you know, with that said, if you got people that are sitting there calling, Mom, you should be proud. Your son just killed, you know, 10 Jews. I, I'm, I'm eliminating them, and, oh, that's reason for a party. Let's have a cake. We'll invite some people over. Come on. You know, how do you fight that? How do you fight that? You're not going to bring them to any kind of moral conscience that, well, we, what we're doing is wrong because they don't think so. It's, it's, it's instinctively bred into them that that is what they have to do. Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you, well, that's just how it. do we? They teach them in Gaza uh, from birth almost to hate Jews. It's inbred in them from the beginning, uh, from this the time they're beyond, little children. This is beyond racism. You know, the, I mean, you sit there and, you know, and I'm not saying what happened here in this country was ever right, but at least, you know, we have, I would like to believe that we have uh, a moral code and we have, you know, put that hate aside, you know, that was there from both sides. But the point is, this goes beyond that kind of hate. It goes way beyond it. What I wanted to uh, point out earlier, uh, I found the story about the two lawyers. Uh, two Fulton County, that's the Atlanta area, two Fulton County attorneys resigned on Thursday who may have been involved in the 2020 election, including the case where voter GA, voter Georgia, uh, has requested the ability to look at some absentee ballots that were identified in the county during the recount that appeared to be copies. The ballots mm-hmm. appeared to be copies. So apparently these two attorneys in Georgia, uh, they're concerned that there's a distinct possibility that the Georgia election of 2020 may be overturned. If that happens, I'm just saying, I know it's three years into this. I mean, uh, that would mean that that the election was what a lot of conspiracy theorists said. Stolen? Stolen, yes. So wow. I'm, I'm just saying, uh, you know, and you have to also look at Trump. 
there's a lot of pressure on Trump. I mean, I often think to myself, if I were in his shoes, I would be long-faced. Uh, I would be, uh, I'd have, uh, what do you call it, brow of furrows in my brow. I would be, uh, it would, the weight of the world would be on me. Trump doesn't look that way. Trump looks like he knows something, like he is ready for them. And uh, so I just pointed that out. That story that we mentioned a little while ago before that long piece by uh, Dennis Murray, Douglas Murray, rather, uh, that is a real story. It's really out there. You can check for yourself. <clears throat> Two Fulton County attorneys resigning because uh, it doesn't look too good for their side. They were representing, by the way, Fulton County. They weren't mm-hmm. representing the, the side that was challenging Fulton County. They were two lawyers who were on the side of Fulton County. So, um, But getting back to Douglas Murray, he just hammers Pierce. I mean, Pierce says, well, you know, I'll tell you what, what is different. Uh, most, of the chil- most of the people over in Gaza are, are children. And uh, Murray comes back and says, I'll tell you what's different. You know, it's the environment. It's how they're, how they're taught how they're uh, taught exactly. from, from birth that there's there is no world with with a, a a living Israel. There's no world with a living Israel. You know, was it Prager who said in his piece? Consider this: if Israel puts down their guns and says no more fighting, and if the Palestinians put down their guns and say no more fighting. There's two different outcomes. If the Israelis put down their guns, they'll be killed. They will be wiped out, and the country of Israel will be destroyed forever. It will be yeah. no more. And what would if, uh, if, if that happen? If, if the Arabs, if the Hamas, the Palestinians put down their guns, there will be peace. The difference is one side will be peaceful. The other side will destroy them. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. You know. Well, yeah, and and what would happen if Hamas killed every Jew? What would the world say? Well, first of all, or would we give them a slide afterwards? You know, give first them a slap of all, on the wrist. you know, you'd like to say that the world would be in, in shock, but the fact of the matter is, the Germans were doing a good job killing Jews by the tens of thousands, and the world turned their back. You know. By like 1943, 44, uh, you'll hear a lot. Even Americans will say, well, we didn't know what was going on. Baloney. There were newsreels. The word was leaking out. Uh, yeah, the Germans tried to hide it. They tried to camouflage the, the death camps. They tried to do a lot of things. But the fact of the matter is the word got out. People started to hear rumors of, of uh, them killing Jews. In in Germany, in Poland, how could you hide the stench from what they were doing? Oh, you couldn't, Bill. You, if you were in uh, a neighboring town to Auschwitz, the smell yeah. was just. Uh, uh, my dad, I think I told you, my dad was part of the group that went into one of the death camps, he helped liberate it, and he said it was everywhere. The the it permeated everything. You know, I, you wonder how the German soldiers could have gotten used to that that smell of death because it was everywhere. And, you know, you could go into a, a, the neighboring town 
and they had bakeries. You know, and in the old days, you walk into a, a little town with a bakery, and you could smell the bakery like 50 feet from the door. Oh, again, near the bakery. You couldn't smell it in these towns. You, all you smelled was the, the stench from the uh, death camps. But the, the bakery, the bread probably smelled like death. I mean, everything around that, that is, you know, you can go to uh, an old folks' home. And, and you can tell when something's about to happen because, you know, there's an air. Uh, well, that's literally. different. That, that, I agree with you. Yeah, but you can. You can almost. There is a. But yeah, but this kind of but stench this was, that I'm talking about. This stench from, from burning bodies. Yeah. Oh, everything. Awful. Or, or just corpses rotting. That, that, yes. is a, that is a foul, foul smell. They used that, to stack uh, them in piles like cordwood. Not, but yeah. not as neat. Not as neat as Cordwood. They, they would just throw them in heaps, uh, these poor people. And, you know, you look at the pile and you forget that each one of those bodies represented a human being with a future and a life snuffed out. Now, this is what's happening now. Well, generations of people with futures snuffed out before they ever got a chance to be yep. born and exist. I think I told you my dad was... Uh, uh, my dad was re- recovering from major surgery, and he was at a rehab center in New Bedford, Massachusetts. This is back in nineteen like seventy nine, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, my dad was really—it was a long walk back from where he was w- at the surgery. I mean, he couldn't—he communicated at the time. My dad was a smart guy, but he communicated with a chalkboard because he couldn't talk. He had a he had a what do you call it, tracheotomy and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, trach. Yeah, yeah. But his doctor came into him, and his doctor had tears in his eyes, and he said, "I owe you a debt of gratitude, Mister Harrington." And my father said, "What are you talking about?" He said, "If you hadn't done what you done, I may not be here today." My mother was in Bergen Belsen. It was yeah. that was a, a camp. It was mostly it was mostly. Uh, liberated by British and Canadians, but there were other branches. My dad was there. My dad was one of the first units into Bergen-Belsen. He got a, he got a plaque from uh, a local Jewish organization back in New England for being one of the liberators of that death camp. My dad always felt uh, it was the greatest honor he ever got, but he also felt uh, it, it was an honor he wished he didn't get because it should never have happened. Never, right. ever have happened. Uh, but they talk about Hitler, by the way. Hitler Hitler wanted to keep it a secret. He wanted to kill every Jew, but he wanted to make it so they didn't. the world didn't know about it. These people over in the Middle East, they wear it like a badge of honor. And this is the difference. And, you know, um, I see these riots. And uh, there was one in New York yesterday. Where they attacked a bus, and there was one in Melbourne, Australia. You were talking about where they were in a mm-hmm. residential neighborhood, a Jewish residential neighborhood, and they were driving through with ISIS flags. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. at some point, Bill, I don't think these people realize, like in New York, there are millions of Jews. At some point, you know, they are going to put themselves into a situation where. I think those people are going to stand up for themselves and say, okay, if the police aren't going to protect us, 
if the government isn't going to protect us, we're going to protect ourselves. How long can you go by being bullied? Uh, you know, somebody pushing yep. you and, and pushing you back. I can remember in a schoolyard thing at uh, a fire alarm, there was a kid that wanted to sit there and pick on the big guy. I was the big guy, and I was kind of like a big St. Bernard. I'm not, you know, I'm actually a friendly person. But they kept pushing and pushing and pushing, and I got in trouble. I nailed them. Uh, but the point is you can only take so much at which point in time enough's enough. That's exactly right. And you're going to hit back. Do they want that bill? Does somebody want this trouble? Does somebody want them to fight back? Well, yeah, I think it gives them all the reason to sit there and do what they ultimately want to do, you know? Um, but you know, sometimes when somebody hits back, they hit back with a force that you cannot determine or predict up front. And, uh, that's true. You can't. Yeah. You cannot predict what. So be the, careful what you ask for. Exactly. Exactly right. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. You, you may. Know. You may say, "Yeah, go ahead. Hit me right here. Go ahead. Hit me right here." And the guy says, "No, I don't want to hit you. No, hit me right here. I don't want to hit you. Hit me right here. Go ahead. I dare you." And then the guy hits you and knocks you out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. Yeah, well, they're but they're going beyond that. Hit me right here. Come on, come on. Yeah. yeah, yeah, come on. You're a wuss if you don't. No, they're going push, push, push. You know, they're not even calling you a wuss. The, a wuss. They're just push, 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 push. Yeah. You know, how many times are you going to push, shove, or slug, or trip, or do whatever, and they don't get up, and they sit there and go, that's it. And all of a sudden, as, as you know, the, they like to say, they release the Kraken. And that's what you got to, but I got another question for you. I was watching these, uh, ter- this turmoil in our streets. I can't help but ask how many of these troublemakers are anarchists who were two years ago, uh, BLM, you know, four years ago, they were causing problems in Seattle. And I mean, I think there's a, an element in our society of agitators, fire who, starters. Who, they like to go and start a fire. They will and then yes. they step back into the crowd and they watch all hell break. They loose will pick they, up whatever banner they have to pick up to raise to hell. Trouble. Yeah, you know, because they want to see all of that. You know, it's uh, it's kind of like the, you know, the kid that 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 throws rocks at things or houses or whatever in the neighborhood, and all of a sudden, you know, they get caught doing it. But the the reason they're doing it is they want to see the reaction. Uh, you know, a fire starts. Well, I, I, I they think start fires I, and they come back to that, the That the could scene. be, but I think there's a part of I think they're being paid. I think they're being paid by uh, uh, deep staters. Uh, I want to say uh, an, it could be even like a Soros-type group that's putting money. You, you remember that two years yeah. ago, four years ago in Seattle, they w- would have a demonstration and they would literally, they would go down a street and they would see a pallet of bricks that a truck would have placed in the street for the demonstrators to throw through glass window. These were bricks that were brought in, put down by a forklift. They were ready for the demonstrators to use. They had water bottles that were pre-frozen so they could throw the iced water bottles at uh, the police and at windows during these demonstrations. There was money and organization behind these, quote, impromptu radicals that were out right. there raising hell. I think the same people are involved with these trouble, these troubles in New York and other cities. 
Well, there's different levels of fire starters, and there's a purpose that's sometimes behind all the fire starters. You know, there's a purpose that why they wanted to have the bricks there, the frozen water bottles there, because they wanted people to get hurt. They wanted mayhem because they wanted a result, and the result that they got is exactly what they wanted to begin with. And the people that participated in this, they were being used. But, you know, there, there are some – we. <laughs> You know what? Uh, we're a nation full of people that need psychiatric help. Uh, well, in, in well, so many I, levels. I, I think I think there is an element that does, but I also think there's an element of good law-abiding citizens who Absolutely. don't who don't want to get involved. Those are the majority that don't want to get involved. They don't want to believe the worst that's out there, and and they're right now they're seeing it. Okay. By by the way. If you do anything this weekend, and we get nothing for saying this, Bill and I don't get paid a dime for saying this. I no, know you have you, you, you haven't seen it yet, Bill. But if you get a chance, the Sound of Freedom it's uh, available right now on uh, streaming sites. Uh, you can download it. We got ours from our cable company, uh, and it's going to be. Uh, I guess it's available everywhere now. I guess you can get it uh, online a- everywhere. Just you know, press that little microphone on your remote, say the word "Sound of Freedom." And you can purchase it and watch it, watch it, and Definitely. don't don't take my word for it. Don't take Bill's word for it. Look at this uh, movie. This movie is an example, an honest. It's based on a true story, an honest example of what's going on in our country right now, and and we've got to, as responsible U.S. citizens, we've got to say something, even right. if you're an old fart like me. Excuse my language. But even if you're an old fart like me, um, at least use your mouth. Speak up. Let the world know that we're not just ignoring the issue. That Testify. Yeah, testify. Exactly right. Hey, Bill, we did it again. We, we've gone over, but it's been fun. It's been a good show. Yeah, uh, yeah well, hey, you know what? I'm going to ask people a favor because I, I saw someone else doing this. But if you like the show, you see the show, post the show, and share the show with your friends, because we're trying to, what's uh, what's Trump saying about the vote? Trying to overwhelm the system? Yeah. Uh, because, you know, we see, you know, tens if not hundreds of thousands of listeners out there. But the point is, you know, I think you just made the, the thing. You know, we don't make a dime on this. We'd like to cover right. our expenses. We may put a patron thing up. We've done that. We've avoided doing it. But... We probably will. We just thought that uh, in our own stupidity that, uh, you know, if we did something good enough, people would come knocking at the door saying, hey, I want to be a part of this. And no, they don't. Uh, they, it's not that they don't. They just, why? Why? Why do they have to? Right. Because we, 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 we've made it available and free and easy for people to get. And, on uh, platforms everywhere, linked yeah. all over the We have... We, we have listeners yeah. in the Ukraine, in Russia, in Australia, yeah. in Japan. We have them all over. We've even gotten some responses where it's in Chinese. I don't know. And then you have to hit the, you know, the translation. translation yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot of it is people trying to sell us stuff. And I'm like going, no, 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 no. That's, you know, if you got a question, we'd love to hear questions. We are, but if you, we are very honored, by the way, that you're listening because. Yeah. We never dreamed it would be as successful. I mean, the fact is, yeah, we're not making any money doing this, friends. Thank God we don't. We'd like to be able to pay 
Uh, we're, right now, everything's coming out well, of our own We're not going pockets. anywhere. Let's put it that yeah. way. We're not well, going anywhere unless they take the internet if away. We, if we don't get it. any support from anybody, we're still doing this because yeah. because it's it's uh, what we do. We're using, yeah. the, we're using God's skills. that the, God gave us skills to talk and to think and to observe, and we're using those skills. And uh, uh, some people don't like it. Some people would like to see you just continue to be blinded you know, not not to see what's going on around, but uh, I can I can tell you as a fact, there are some people who listened to this program and started listening to us two years ago. It'll be two years, by the way, next month. Uh, yeah. Two years ago, and they thought we were kind of wacko. Oh, you guys! And they actually ca- we caught on with them, and they've adjusted their feelings about things. Not that they yeah. think we're perfect, and we're not perfect. We make mistakes, but. Um, They've well op- speak for yourself. I but mean, now they what they have done is they've opened up their eyes. They're they're starting to think for themselves, you know right. that they didn't do before. They just went along to go along to get along, you know. Uh, but anyway, we uh, should remind people that if they want to contact us, our number is eight three three five three eight seven eight six eight eight three three five three eight seven eight six eight. Mail at itsanotherday.com, mail at jimandbill.com, and jimandbill at mail.com. There you go. There is one thing. There is one thing that you will find on this show that I can guarantee you, you won't find anywhere else. And that is. Oh, by request for Henry in Nashville today. Hasta la vista, baby. We're out of here. 